0: Hello, everyone. My name is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Health weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today is our fourth and we thought maybe final podcast on a series on Washer County School District and the impact COVID-19 has had on our children's education. But I think we probably will continue with these podcasts in the future so that we can get this valuable information to you on a consistent basis. And as always, my guest for this series has been Katie Simon-Holland, past president of the Washoe County School Board and a current Board of Trustee member. Welcome Katie. Thank you, Sherry.
1: Always good to be with you.
0: Well, we we started this, I don't know how many weeks ago and we've talked about quite a few topics and here we are right in the middle of it Katie Um, school reopening Uh, today we were going to talk about uh, what our children need from a public education in Nevada and I know we're going to get to a couple of things that relate to that but you know that right now what people want to hear is about reopening our schools and our children going back to school so why don't we just jump right into that because not only Has this become a local topic, but a national hot topic um, with uh, the school reopenings in some of our uh, other states? And I know that California has chosen not to reopen their schools except virtually. Isn't that right? Well, I know
1: that Los Angeles County and San Diego County are. Ah, those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah for distance learning. But um, there are a lot of places in California where I think individual school districts may be making different choices.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about kind of how the sausage was made here, because I think that has been a really dynamic few weeks. And I know that you've had, you had a virtual session where parents could call in. I know you've uh, done surveys. I know that the Washoe County School District has put a great deal of effort into hearing uh, what parents would like, haven't they?
1: We really have. And uh, you mentioned the survey, and, of course, we had, uh, we had about um, 8,000 responses uh, to a survey, which is just remarkable uh, and very much appreciated that so many folks, including students, Uh, took the time to respond to that. Uh, So let me just jump in and and say um, we have had a a reopening task force of about 70 people working on this. And that includes not only teachers and principals, uh, educators, counselors, but also members of the faith-based community, medical professionals, the district health department, transportation officials, um, the food bank, you know, all of the people that, that are part of our system. Uh, Of delivering services to children so um, they came up with some recommendations which the Board of Trustees reviewed on July 7th uh, and we made some very important decisions and I'll go over those decisions but I do want to say the more I read and the more research that comes out the more comfortable I am and more confident I am about the decisions that we've made so let me just review what what those decisions are first of all um, we will be opening elementary schools for full-time, five-day-a-week learning. Now, that will require that uh, everybody has a face covering unless there's a medical or a behavioral condition that uh, requires that they not wear a mask. Um, That will require social distancing. And we're able to do social distancing in our elementary schools because we have more space. We have things like music rooms and uh, space in the cafeteria, et cetera. Um, We'll also have children being uh, socially distanced at lunchtime and at recess. Uh, And we will also, as we have said all along, make it available to every single family. If they want to do full-time distance learning, they can do that. They can either do it through our North Star Online School, which is a K-12 public school, or they can do it through their zoned uh, which is you know where they would be attending, where their child would be attending if they um, were not uh, distance learning. So um, lots of options for folks. We, we know from research that uh, children not only are not um, uh, becoming infected but they don't transmit the coronavirus um, as dramatically as adults do. Younger children uh, don't get as sick, and uh, and when they have the opportunity to be social distance uh, in places like Denmark and Norway, uh, including our own YMCA childcare throughout the United States, and uh, particularly in New York, uh, not a single case of transmission uh, of coronavirus from a child to an adult, and no outbreaks were uh, reported. So we feel really comfortable that um, bringing kids back as has been said by the American Academy of Pediatrics and others, it's on balance, it's more important to get these kids back to school. They they suffer more when they are not uh, in, in a school environment, and we know that for a lot of reasons. So elementary school, they'll be coming back.
0: And, and let me ask you about, about that, because somebody uh, made a comment to me that if you were a child, say, in Mrs. Smith's class, that that's really your pod, sort of, that you would be staying with that group of children.
1: Yeah, that's generally uh, what we'll do in elementary school. And, of course, the the uh, principals are right now, um, you know, working with the teachers in their schools to develop the best plan for their school. Because, of course, all of our elementary schools have different layouts and different, you know, different right enrollments and all that. So there, that will be done on a school site basis, how those, uh, how those things will be laid out. But I, I watched a, a NBC News broadcast the other night about reopening of schools, and I would really uh, recommend it for people who are, are concerned. Um, and there were five pediatricians being interviewed, and to a person, every single one of them said, get our elementary school kids back to school. Right. And when asked if they would Uh, put their kids back in school they said absolutely so I'm really comfortable with that decision Uh, and of course teachers will be doing a lot of cleaning uh, which is going to be required uh, in the classroom one other thing that um, is really important we've also spent a lot of time this summer working on our ventilation systems in the schools and of course we've done deep cleaning in every single school site Uh, but we will be um, increasing the amount of fresh air that is Uh, circulated through our school buildings so that's another really important factor of keeping everybody healthy and then of course uh, face coverings will be required on the school buses and we'll have assigned seats for kids so that there's social distancing on our buses and then uh, middle school and high school we don't have the space and we don't have enough teachers to be able to do socially distanced five day a week learning in our middle and high school so we will be on an alternating plan where uh, half the kids essentially will be at school on Monday and half will be there on Tuesday. So kids will go every other day. And in a two-week period, uh, kids would attend school for five days and would be uh, distance learning for another five days. And we're certainly working with our uh, childcare partners and uh, facilities like the Boys and Girls Club to, um, to see how we can have alternative places for uh, our younger middle school students who really can't, you know, or many of whom are not able to do that distance learning very well on their own and their parents may have to go back to work. So we're, we're still working on all of that. And one other thing, um, anyone who doesn't have a face covering uh, will be provided with a reusable face covering. If students or staff don't have one, um, they will be provided with one. So um, we want to have everybody uh, back wearing a face mask. And again, I saw just in an article today uh, another report on uh, how significant a decrease in uh, the severity of illness and the transmission of illness if everyone will just wear a face
0: covering yep yep so middle school uh, where where is the um the funding coming for all of this uh, personal protective equipment and the all of the things that you need to be doing well we've already invested um.
1: About $750,000 in personal protective equipment. Uh, We invested another $700,000 in uh, getting uh, Wi Fi hotspots that we can distribute to families and also equipping uh, many of our school buses with Wi Fi so that we'll have, we think we've taken care of the Wi Fi for for families. And we are uh, looking forward to getting some relief through the uh, CARES Act that was passed in March. Uh, that should be returning about $9 million to the school district, and that will be paying for uh, some of that personal protective equipment, as well as uh, additional teachers and, and staff that we may need. And then I want to give a big shout out to a couple of organizations. Um, uh, of course, the Education Alliance of Washoe County has been getting donated computers and keyboards uh, from lots of organizations, uh, Rotary Clubs. Uh, the Washoe Education Association. Lots of folks have stepped up to help us provide the computers that kids will need at home that don't have a device. Uh, and then we have some foundations that we're applying to for grant funding to uh, to help fill out our um, costs that we've already invested in this very expensive uh, virus.
0: So, Katie, when, when the survey was done to parents, what was their biggest concern? And did the majority of parents want to send their children back to school? The
1: majority of parents absolutely did want to send their children back to school. Um, and it was uh, it was significant. Um, it, let's see, I have the survey right here. Uh, one of the things that we've gotten a lot of questions about... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't 8,000 family responses, it was 18,000 family responses.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. oh. and, and uh, almost 5,000 staff responses and uh, a little over 3,000 student responses. So really incredible, about 25,000 responses. Um, so yes, the majority of, uh, of folks wanted to have their kids go back to school, uh, and they are, um, which we appreciated greatly, um, having confidence in the school district to put the appropriate safeguards in place. So. Um, you know social distancing, hand washing, face right. covering, right. et cetera. Um, one of the things that's been a, um, a issue of controversy is temperature checks yeah and the The more research that we have done, uh, the more we have learned that if we are just taking a kid's temperature when they get they 've already gotten to school we're too late. They've already been on the school bus. They've already been playing out on the playground. True. Yeah, and and the temperature check is not a reliable uh, determinant of uh, of COVID. It's There's not anymore.
0: we re- you're right. It's not the determinant the way it was. Say in March.
1: Right, and so you know we have elected not to require. Um, Teachers and principals to be taking kids' temperature as they get to school, or nurses or whomever. We also were concerned about how that would clog kids up. They'd be they'd be stacking up and crowding together, yeah. you know, lining up, which is terrible. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, right. that's the whole purpose of social distancing. So we're asking parents and families and guardians uh, to really help us. With providing those screening checks at home and we're developing a toolkit for our families to help provide information about how to screen for those symptoms, uh, how to talk to children about social and physical distancing. Because I think we all understand we're going to be in this world for quite some time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wonderful that vaccines are being uh, worked on and developed, but we don't, we don't know when that will be available. And until then, this is the world we're going to have. So let's, let's help our kids to learn about it. Um, and kids all over the world have been learning quite successfully about how to function in this new, in this new reality.
0: Well, so we've talked about elementary um, and the buses. How you will have more buses then to be able to social distance on the bus?
1: No, we, we aren't able to purchase more buses. It's just too expensive, and we also don't have more bus drivers. Mm-hmm. So we'll be making more runs. Um, ah. it, there will be some places where we'll have to stagger uh, some pickup times, um, and that's just a fact of life. Buses are tremendously expensive, and, mm-hmm. and again, we were already short bus drivers, so um, our bus drivers are going to have to make multiple trips. We also have, are asking our parents, uh, to let us know, and we we put out a phone call this week to elementary, middle, and high school families uh, to have them respond to some quick questions about are they planning to bring their kid back to school? Is yeah. going to be you know, distance learning or be enrolled in full-time school or hybrid school, depending on their level? So that will help us understand how many kids we're going to be transporting. Um, on a typical day previously, uh, we had twenty to 30,000 kids on a school bus every day, uh, and uh, our school buses, of course, will have to be carrying only half as many as they did before, or or some multiple, however the school bus
0: is configured. And will there be any before or after school programs, Katie, for those parents that are working?
1: There are. The school district doesn't operate those anymore. Uh, Those are done through uh, other contractors, uh, the City of Reno, City of Sparks, Mm -hmm. and, of course, the Boys and Girls Club and others. Uh, So we'll be working with those before and after school providers, um, and they have been part of our reopening plans. They've been tremendous partners to work with, uh, just tremendous, helping us all the way and being very flexible and very adaptable. And I, I do want to give another shout out uh, to our partners, the food bank uh, and Boys and Girls Club, uh, and as well as our nutrition services folks. Uh, as of last, uh, let's see, two weeks ago now, we had provided 450 thousand meals to make sure that families did not go hungry when their kids weren't able to be in school. Mm-hmm. It's it's just staggering the the support that has been provided throughout.
0: Well, I think that it and one of our podcasts you mentioned that I think fifty percent of the children in the wash county school district are on, are on free and reduced lunch.
1: That's about approximately fifty yeah. percent yeah it's yeah. a it's a dramatic uh dramatic level of of need and well and uh, the need but, is
0: with so many out of work, I would imagine that's going to increase
1: absolutely and we have um we've been preparing the meals providing breakfast and lunch at sites. And then, uh, and then Food Bank has been helping us with dinners, and the Boys and Girls Club helping us with dinners. So, um, just a, a heroic effort. Heroic.
0: So, so we've talked about middle school, middle school will be on a hybrid. Um, will there be so the children before school starts will know what um what schedule they're on? Yes, yes, we'll again
1: on a school-by-school basis, we'll be establishing who starts on Monday and who starts on Tuesday. And then the following week, it switches. Um, so, you know, oh. what, one group will go Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week and Tuesday, Thursday for the other group. And then the following week, it'll switch. So I that see. We, So that every, you know, there'll be an A-track and a B-track and every yeah. track will get uh, will get five days in uh, every every week. And we're going to continue to to work on offering, you know, the electives that kids appreciate, the sports programs, the special programs, special education, uh, continuing or uh, uh, technical education, career education, PE, you know, music, all of those things. Um, We're going to be working on making sure that those still happen and those will be site-based decisions at at the individual schools.
0: Goodness, and so let's move to high school.
1: Yeah, high school will have the same arrangement that middle school will have, and as we have uh, purchased and received donated uh, devices, we have prioritized those to go first to the high school and middle school kids because they will be the ones that will have uh, a requirement for at least part of the time doing remote learning. And the remote learning isn't always going to be online. Um, some of it is self-study, uh, that sort of thing. So. You know, but that has been a priority to make sure that our our high school and middle school kids uh, get devices. We've already purchased thousands of computers and are getting those imaged and ready to to be allocated to kids. Um, And, you know, we know it's a tremendously upsetting time for particularly for our high school kids. Um, Mm. You know, you think about all of the things that these kids don't get to have. Um, that would be part of a normal yeah. high school experience. Um, yeah. We know, you know, all those kids last year that didn't get to have a prom and, you know, all of those things that are so just memories for a lifetime for mm-hmm. these children. And, um, but we're going to do our best to, to make as much of their lives happen as we can, uh, to make their lives as normal as we can given the requirements of this virus.
0: Well, let's chat about the teachers a little bit, Katie, because, um, of course, they are absolutely essential to um, to this model and to any model. What What is their biggest concern, the teachers, when you did the survey?
1: Well, obviously, our teachers are really worried about safety, and I want to say unequivocally, the board and the leadership of the district is absolutely, absolutely concerned about the safety of our teachers, and that's why... Um, we extended the requirement for face coverings. Uh, initially, the recommendation was to require face coverings for only children 10 and over. And we said, "Well, wait a minute. What about the you know second and third grade teacher? Um, you know, isn't that educator's uh, comfort and feeling of confidence just as important as anyone else's?" So um, we are very concerned about the teacher's uh, safety uh, and. We know that there are many teachers that have underlying conditions. Um, We know that many of them are really uncomfortable with this model. And so we're working to provide uh, support and training to find out which teachers have conditions that put them at higher risk. So um, we're developing a cadre of specialized teachers who will be um, supporting the increased uh, participation in distance learning. Um, getting them some you know additional training and support so they can be um, expert super users of our distance learning um, but we do know that it's a it's a scary time and as I've said we had teachers be front and center critical part of that reopening task force they they were part of making these decisions and recommendations for us um, we know that it's not. It doesn't make everyone happy. Um, in fact, right. I feel like the decisions we've made have made everyone unhappy. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: the, the people who are pushing to reopen are mad at us because we're requiring face coverings, and the, you know, people who don't want their kids to go to school are frustrated that we're opening them at all, and their kids will be left out of something. And, right. You know, it's, right. Uh, and then teachers are worried about, you know, feeling like um, the public doesn't appreciate the value of, you know, that they're putting their lives on the line when sometimes it feels like for many people the reason parents were so anxious to have kids go back to school was because they don't have child care, uh, that, you know, that the school is their daycare. So, you know, lots of feelings, lots of emotions have been raised, um, but we are, we are absolutely working from science, we're basing it on research, on CDC guidelines, on our own local health district folks who have been part of these discussions, uh, and uh, and of course the state Department of Education and state health officials as well. So, um, but we know it's a very emotional time, and again, we're we're giving families the option if they don't feel comfortable having their kids come back to school, they can put them in distance learning full time, and if. And if they decide once they've gotten in the distance learning that they want to bring their kid back to school, we welcome them back. Or those families that get in and are going full-time and say, I just don't like this, they can move off to distance learning if they want to. We're trying to give people as much empowerment as possible to make the decisions that are right for their family.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the legislative session, Katie. I know that it's going on right now. They have a big job just like the school district has had an enormous job. Um, what do you see in the legislative session that will impact our schools?
1: Well, as uh, you, your listeners may have uh, heard uh, from following the proposals for the legislative uh, session, the special session, uh, a great chunk of money is, is intended to come out of education. Um, we have been, um, we have been Advised that the recommendation is not to um, impact our what we call the distributive school account, which is the per pupil amount that uh, schools get. That that is that is going to be protected, but a lot of our special programs um, will not be protected. They're gonna they're gonna have to take that money from somewhere with a 1.2 billion dollar shortfall. Right, and so they're they're talking about cutting things like our read by grade three programming and our some of our uh, English language learner programs, and some of the special funding that goes to our lower-income schools. Uh, so we're, we're, we're very worried, very worried. And just for context, so your listeners know how dire our circumstances are even to begin with before COVID, um, in, in the United States, the average amount that states give on a per-pupil basis to public school districts is about thirteen thousand dollars per pupil well last year we got six thousand dollars per pupil, and that was before covid and now we have all these additional expenses so um we're we're very worried very worried, and um I know that there are some legislators that are trying to find more revenues uh, for for public education for other purposes um I don't know what those talks will will yield, but um why do you We've, think the per
0: pupil is so low in Nevada, Katie?
1: Well, you know, it's a we're a low tax state. We have yeah, true. we have mar- marketed ourselves as a low yep. tax state. Yep. Uh, and so we are forty ninth or fiftieth in the nation in funding mm-hmm. to public education. Yep. And it's pretty hard to make a twenty first century successful state uh, when you're forty ninth in funding. It doesn't mean that. We have to be first in funding, and I'm amazed at how well we do with the resources we have. Um, last year, the Washoe County School District was named in the top 18 percent of school districts nationwide. Um, but you know, you can't keep asking educators and the educational system to produce great results when we have you know we have to feed these kids, we have to provide for their social and emotional needs, we have social workers in our schools. Uh, we have, you know, domestic violence that these kids come to school to, you know, to heal from. Yeah.
0: Well, and part of the topic that we were going to talk about today was um, what is the responsibility, what can you expect from an education in a school in Nevada, and what is the responsibility of the school to the child? It seems like we keep adding more and more to the schools.
1: We absolutely do, and that's... Um, And it's good that we are adding social workers, and it's good that we are adding behavior specialists, and it's great that uh, Washoe County School District was named in the top 10 districts nationwide for uh, support for social and emotional learning for students. Um, It's it's great that we do all of those things. Uh, And it's sad that the school district has to be the the safety net for so many children. right? Right, right. But, you know, and I, I had this conversation with my husband just now. You know, we we are responsible to society and to the community for educating a whole child. And sometimes those whole children come to us with terrible traumatic events uh, and very difficult circumstances. And
0: while it would
1: be great if if every family could provide great support for their child, every family can't and right. doesn't.
0: Right well let's um let's go back to kindergarten, elementary, middle, and high school. When does school start for those um, those different age groups? When does kindergarten start, Kitty?
1: So kindergarten uh, we actually do the first week of school as an assessment so that we we know um, where our kids have strengths and where they have special areas for development. So kindergarten actually starts class. On August 24th. Okay. Uh, everybody else except for Incline and Gerlach start on August 17th. We had originally been, uh, our, our calendar had been planned for school to open on August 10th, but we made the decision at the board level to provide uh, that extra week of uh, professional development for teachers to be able to get in their classrooms, to be doing the lesson planning and schedule planning and social distance You know, assessment that they need to do uh, in order to have school open uh, the following week. So August seventeenth for our elementary, middle, and high school students on our regular calendar, not including Incline and Gerlach, uh, and also Virginia Palmer. That's a that's got a construction issue, and then uh, and kindergarten starts on August twenty fourth. And I want to put in a quick pitch to your listeners to make sure they get their kindergartners enrolled. Yes. Um, yes. We, I know you all have been helpful on that and we appreciate it a lot. We have to get these kids registered and enrolled so we can help them. So we can get, you know, get them going and get them started on their educational journey.
0: And if someone wants to enroll a kindergartner, uh, is there a number they would call or what Well, the best
1: place best place to go for all answers is our website WashoeSchools.net, WashoeSchools.net, and um, they can find the answers to their questions there, and there is also a special school reopening plan link at the top of our homepage so folks can find out all about how to get uh, what's going to be happening with their particular child's uh, plan for the school year.
0: So is there anything else, Katie, that you want to add on the reopening?
1: Well, I just want to add uh, our our guiding principle has been do no harm and to make sure that, you know, every student, every family, and every staff member's basic needs are being met and that we're ensuring equitable access for all of our students and that we're maintaining high academic ex- expectations for all students. Um, I I want to mention folks who have questions about distance learning uh, who were unhappy with uh, the end of school year distance learning, this will all be new content. We are forging ahead uh, at every grade level to make sure that the distance learning program will meet the academic content standards for every grade level for new content. So it won't be like it was last, uh, last year. And really the, you know, the safety and security of our students and our staff and families, is always our highest priority, and we're going to do everything we can to protect them. We need their help, we need their cooperation in uh, making sure that their kids are screened before they come to school and not sending kids to school sick. It's going to be really important uh, that we all work together on that, um, and that and that folks have patience with us and and um,
0: uh, let us
1: know if there are things we need to do differently or better, but understand. You know we are we are building this plane as we're flying it and right. um, and being as thoughtful and science based and well researched and comprehensive as we possibly can. So have patience with us, um, but um, let us know what questions we can answer. Uh, net is our uh, website, and we we welcome questions. We appreciate our families. We love our students. We love our kids. We love our families. We love our staff members and we want to make sure that everyone gets the education that they deserve and that they get the support they need in a safe environment.
0: Well, thank you, Katie, for today's important conversation. I think uh, the last four weeks or so and all the topics that you and I have gone over uh, has given, I know myself, such a greater understanding of the expertise that's needed of the scope of the endeavor that uh, you all are trying to do in a very short amount of time. And I would imagine that you don't hear enough thank you, Uh, but I am saying it for myself and probably a lot of other people, and thank you, Katie, for your efforts and uh, your endurance on the school board. I know that you've been on that for almost four years now, and you have guided them and participated with them. Uh, to the fullest extent. So thank you so much for what you've done for our community.
1: Well, thank you, Sherry. And and a big thank you to our incredible staff who are amazingly professional, dedicated, compassionate, and really, really, we we are fortunate to have an excellent team in the district serving this community. And thank you for your support.
0: Oh, you're welcome. What I'd love to do, Katie, is schedule another podcast, say... Uh, sometime end of September to see how it's going. But know that in the meantime, if there is something that you want to do a podcast on to get the word out, all you have to do is let me know and we can schedule it right away. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate it so much, Gary. Oh, you're welcome.
1: Thank you to your listeners as well.
0: Yes. Today my guest has been Katie Simon-Holland, past president of Washer County School Board and current Board of Trustee member. Um, And as I said over the last four weeks, Katie and I have discussed a whole lot of topics about public education in Nevada, and I'm sure we will have more podcasts. Uh, Katie has given you the website where you can go for more information. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and stay safe, and please wear your mask.